Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Bitchipedia podcast. It's Dahlia, your host, and I am checking back in. I have so much to tell you guys. Honestly, I have recorded so many episodes since I published one. I think I recorded one, like it was probably three. So like one a week for several weeks that I just kept trying and kept trying to put stuff out. But then I would talk and I was like, this doesn't even feel important. And I, I recorded an episode about my 30 days of yoga when I completed it and I didn't publish it. So I'm going to give you just a little update on that. And then I've got a couple of other things that I want to catch all up on. And I wasn't planning on making this really a recording or like a full podcast. But then when I started taking notes, I was like, yeah, this is kind of the theme of what's been going on since I haven't been back to check in with you guys. So the 30 days of yoga, I was just looking for my journal, actually, because I wrote a journal for 30 days and I was going to check back in and see, you know, kind of scan through so I could give you all a full update. But I have no idea where it is. Like, I've got so many notebooks and I looked through them all and I remember that I wrote it upside down, starting from the back. So, like, I know it wasn't a dream. <laughs> I know it wasn't. But then when I looked for it, I couldn't find it. And I was like, oh, well, it's not that serious. I'll give you an update on what I was doing when I recorded that podcast. I gave the update. Um, a couple of technical issues were happening. And then I had a couple of topics that I really wanted to talk about, but I felt like I didn't know anything about it. And I was kind of, in all honesty, I was tired of hearing myself. <laughs> like, I felt like I wasn't bringing anything to the table. And I wish I would have looked up the quote before because I can't remember who it was but you know they say a wise man speaks few words basically which makes me think of the office when Kevin says why use many words when few words do um that's how I felt was like I don't have anything to bring to the table at this point it feels irresponsible to give y'all advice this was you know a, a month ago now but I was like, I just don't feel like I have anything that I want to say. And I don't feel like I have anything of value. So there's no point in me talking. And it didn't feel like self-sabotage-y like it sometimes does, you know. If you've ever listened to my podcast, you've heard, I'm sure, me talk about that's probably been my greatest downfall was sabotaging as I'm making progress. And I really looked at it and was like, is that what this is? Is it that I don't want you know, to put something out that's not perfect? Or is it because, you know, I'm, I have low self-worth, so I'm doubting that I have anything to bring to the table. But every time I tried to come and talk about it, I, it felt like the wrong move. And I embraced it, basically embraced this season of winter that was like, okay, it was forcing me to just stop talking. And Honestly, what I did was when I turned inward, I realized I needed to invest in myself and something that I had been contemplating was to start doing masterclass. And that was a big investment in myself. It was $188. And I thought, I, I told my family, that, you know, that's what I wanted for Christmas. I tried to get a bunch of people to do it with me because they had a two for one deal. So I was like, you know, if we split it, it'll only be $90 each because $188 just felt like so much for me to do as like a single mom anyway, you know, and investing not in 
something physical, but like knowledge, even though I know it's the best investment. And I know that now, and I saw it happen after I invested, I saw the benefits of it, right? Because that's what everyone kept saying was like, knowledge is you're always going to get back what you invest in. You know, it's always got a good return or return on investment. So I just kind of took a leap of faith and was like, all right, whatever. I don't really have it to spend, but I'm going to do it because I'm investing in myself and I can learn and I can really use it to learn to write. And I, I kept thinking, you know, it would be a way for me to learn and without having to go to school, you know, I was like, there's a ton of writers on here and if nothing else and, and directors and actors. And I was like, I'll just learn everything that I can from all these people. Cause they're all geniuses, right? Despite whether you agree with them or not, like there are a couple of people who might be controversial, like Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, even if you don't watch and approve of their decisions or their whatever, their politics, you can still agree that like, Hillary Clinton has done some impressive shit, right? As a woman moving through a male-dominated field, you can at least appreciate that. So that's a side note, but you can learn a lot. And I like to learn at least a little bit about a lot of things. I like to be kind of well-versed in different things. And especially if I'm trying to go into script writing, like why would I not listen to all of these people? So it started because I had a 14-day trial. One of my friends sent me the 14-day trial and I was like, all right, if nothing else, I'll just watch as many episodes as I can and just like cram information into my brain as quickly as I can. And then I can cancel it before. And this was right around Christmas. Like I didn't, I wasn't spending money on Christmas presents. So it felt selfish, honestly, for me, which I know is a limiting belief because it's an invest, it was a worthy investment. But in my mind, I'm like, you're being really selfish because you're investing in masterclass rather than you know buying your family Christmas present and once I moved through it I was really worried about like budgeting and the you know the month of December always kind of scares me anyway so even if things weren't bad I was worried that they were bad everything felt like it was falling apart and then I dropped two hundred dollars on a course basically but then let me tell you something <laughs> something magical happened after that because the three days that I went to work, I paid my rent. I want to say it was in like two days or something of work. Like I made a crazy amount of money randomly, seemingly randomly, you know, like I'm, I mean, I'm a server bartender and I'm the only one who works in the morning. So I get all the tables, but like the amount of people who were just coming in and throwing money at me was insane. So I got the money back and I started kind of building, um, my checking account at first was the first step. And then I heard a podcast from Nate Ortiz. Be Great with Nate is the name of his podcast. He's been on here with me. I know I talk about him all the time too. Um, and if you don't listen to his podcast, definitely go check it out because he's, he, I tell people all the time, it's crazy that he is giving away this much information for free. Like it blows my mind. But anyway, he had an episode where he was talking about stocks and investing, which is not my jam at all. I know nothing about really like the economy. You know, I took like an economics class. I'm pretty sure I got a D in it. So like, that's not my strong suit and numbers basically anytime I see it, my brain just kind of shuts it out and is like, no, thank you. Like logic. No. So 
I finally I listened to this podcast and he was talking basically about how it can be a block for your money manifestations if you refuse to look at the numbers. A fear, right, is really what it is. So I was like, that's definitely what's happening with me. Like, I'm afraid to draw a budget. And the other part of this where it's weird that I was making so much money was that I, my expenses had gone up. Like I, I, I'm, I have more financial responsibility at this point than I ever have in my life. And I have no help from anyone. Like it's just me. And that's terrifying. The thought of like not having child support and all those things, they were all kind of feasible, but I felt like I was just kind of barely scraping by and like every month, you know, my bills were paid, but it's like that terrifying thought of like, what happens if you get hurt or what happens if, you know, something happens and you can't go to work one shift. I feel like I'm one shift away from just like financial ruin. Right. So that was terrifying for me and my bills are going up and my shifts are limited at this new job. So then I start worrying and I could just feel everything kind of like piling on top of each other but I recognize that every time I listen to someone say you know they these millionaires or billionaires even that were on masterclass especially it was just this concentrated amount of successful rich people who were saying the same thing and they kept saying like when you invest in yourself you always get it back you just have to do these steps and they all kind of outlined it in a way that I saw the pattern I was like okay they're all they're all saying the same thing and they're all saying what I've been doing. So I know that my success is inevitable. And that's been kind of my quote for the last several years is just imagining, like Tony Robbins said, imagine that your success is inevitable. How would you move through your life? So that's what I did. And I kind of threw caution to the wind several times. The trip to New York was one of them. Um, the masterclass thing felt like a big thing for me. Um, because I didn't even spend like, I, I wouldn't spend a hundred dollars on shoes. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't spend anything over $50 felt like this huge investment to me aside from bills. Like I really didn't, you know, spend a lot, but I kept thinking like, you know, if I will just face this square on rather than push it away, then I can deal with it because part of the fear of me paying all these expenses and things was that I didn't know a how much I was making because again I'm a bartender so it fluctuates anyway so that's scary to begin with and I probably could have looked at like you know how much I needed to average a day that made me feel really nervous because I was like what if I don't make it so really I was afraid to look at the numbers because I was afraid that I was going to realize that I could not afford to live and that was terrifying for me so I actually called one of my friends or I texted him first and said, Hey, and we're not even super close. It was actually really, really awesome that he helped me out so much and he did it for no charge. I texted him and was like, Hey, you know, I need some advice because I know he's in like the financial side of business. And I don't know specifically, I still honestly, I can't tell you what his, um, exact job is, but I knew he worked with finances and things and he helped with, um, setting up you know, retirement plans and things. And we had talked about it briefly at one point, but I was like, what you're saying to me is Greek. I have no idea what you're talking about and it stresses me out. So I just stopped. I didn't, we didn't ever talk about it. 
And then when I listened to that episode of Be Great with Nate, he was talking about looking at the numbers and investing and like putting your money into actual investments and stocks and making your money work for you. And that that's how, you know, these people who really have a lot of money, that that's their mentality is to make their money work for them. Passive income. That's something that I'm looking at it right now on my vision board. Like if you're going to do that, you need to set up, you know, ways of doing it and start looking at it now, right? And making smart financial decisions rather than just living paycheck to paycheck and kind of being me being passive, not my income being passive, but me being passive in my financial future and my financial journey. Does that make sense? Money was kind of on the back burner for me. And then I realized like I've kind of worked on everything else. And that's the last thing that's really holding me up from this life that I want is this crippling fear. And if I can get out of survival mode and into my creative mode, which because that's my whole career that right is being creative. So if I can get out of survival mode, I can succeed. But until I have the mental capacity to even access my creative and my feminine energy, you know, that, that right side of the brain, because I'm too stuck in survival mode, like truly, and you know, it's parasympathetic versus sympathetic nervous system. I was stuck in my sympathetic nervous system of like fight or flight all the time. I need to make sure that I can go to work so that I can put food on the table because if not, my son's going to starve. That's how, that's how it felt. That's how dire it felt. And if I looked at the numbers and saw you can't afford to live, then it could mean for me, these are the thoughts that were coming through my head is like less time with your son because you can't afford to feed him. He doesn't need to stay over here, right? Like what if you don't have a home to put him in? And all of these thoughts are just flooding. So how can I get into a mode where I want to laugh and joke and write and create when I'm thinking about how am I going to feed my, my kid? You know, like it doesn't, it's not feasible. So I was like, all right, it's time to face the fucking demons and look my budget. I hate the word or hate. Honestly, I didn't feel that visceral reaction this time when I said it, but like, as I was thinking and working through it, I felt like I was going to vomit. And I was like, I don't even want to look at the numbers. I was afraid to even write down the bills that I had because I felt like it was going to be too many of them. And then when I wrote the numbers down, I was like, don't even look if I write down the numbers and I get close to it, then I might be able to like do the math in my head before I even add it up. I might have a general idea and then just shut down. Like I was so resistant to the process the whole time. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, guys, because the story ends with a happy ending. I downloaded, and this is hashtag not an ad. Um, I'm going to find it right now, the name of it. Let's see. It is called Rocket Money. And it used to be True Bill, but it's an app that basically budgets for you. And I'm looking at it right now to see so I can kind of go through it. But it basically goes through your accounts, looks for um, recurring bills and amounts and things and it kind of puts all your bills together and it'll tell you like upcoming bills. So it tells me tomorrow my Netflix bill is due. And that's one, by the way, that I'm not cutting out. When I went through the budget, I was like, I would rather not have internet in general than not have Netflix. Like what would I do if I didn't have shows to watch? And that again, goes back to my homework for masterclass was when I was watching all these directors, they were like, you need to be watching movies. Like that's your thing. Go study how they do it. So I was like, mm, this is, this is for work. <laughs> I would charge it on my company board. 
So I looked through the app, whatever, and I looked at, it tells you, you know, your net worth, your recurring bills, your dashboard. So it tells you how much you spent above your bill and, you know, how to increase and decrease spending. And it also has, and I'm, I'm not going to talk about this app forever, but it really was so like life-changing. It tells you how much you have left for spending, what your bills are, but it also negotiates your bills. So AT&T, I have my phone and internet through. And I went through and they basically make this deal and it, you can name your price. I think 30% was like the lowest amount, but you tell them like, yo, if you save me any money, you can have 30% of it for the first year. And they're like, sweet. So then they go negotiate on your part. So the money that you give them, you didn't have anyway, right? And it saved me $40 on my phone and $43 on my internet. So like that's $85 almost that you're looking at between like the change and stuff that I didn't have before. So that was one thing that instant benefit. Um, I was able to track my spending and see where I was spending too much. And even though I wasn't necessarily spending like frivolously, it broke it down to where like, and I did too, broke it down to like how much I need to spend a day. And these are all numbers that like, I'm telling you, even if you're, if you feel nauseous, like thinking about it right now, that's really how I felt. Like there is no one, I think that was more against a budget. It was such a, like an ongoing joke with my mom and my dad that anytime they said the word budget, I'm like, like I'm traumatized by that word. I, I have these very vivid memories of my father coming home. And it was like when he decided to get on a budget, cause he's crazy about finances and budgets. He fucking loves it. He loves Dave Ramsey like not putting anything on credit, paying everything in cash, like that's his jam. And then there's me who's like, what's a budget? <laughs> so even, I didn't even want to say it to my parents because I was like, they're going to be so excited and they're going to annoy me. Like I'll wait until it's a done deal and then I'll tell them because I don't need their validation, <laughs> right? So I looked at the budget and it told me how much I can spend a day and it helped me to really like look at it. But now that I look at it, my numbers are increasing. I've put money in savings, I've paid off. I consolidated my credit card. So I went to the bank. That was another scary thing. Went to the bank for a loan so I could get a lower interest rate. Like these things, when it comes to finances, there's a reason I don't talk about this shit on the podcast. I don't fucking like it. But when you face it and it becomes less scary, the fear is what gives it that negative um, experience and that negative kind of connotation, that feeling you get of, having anxiety checking your bank account you won't have anxiety if you know you know this is what I need to make every day and I've made that so everything's good right like it gives you peace of mind essentially and Jesus Christ at this point I'm like why have I not been investing in that because peace of mind is everything and I had way more anxiety when I didn't even know how much my bills were a month you know I didn't know how much I needed to make I'm just like I trust the universe what did I do but at that point it was like you can trust the universe and also have a budget, bitch. Like, look at the numbers. It's not out of trust. It's out of fear that you're not looking at your numbers. So that was another thing, talking about investing in yourself. I literally just did it today. And I'm kind of amazed as I talk about it. I'm like, this feels different. I feel like I have a different relationship with money, even after doing this. It's called a clearing. But it was this class that I listened to. I don't know I listened to Manifestation, babe latest episode that she put out I think it was January 16th so yesterday 
um, she put it out an episode and at the beginning she was reading these reviews about her classes and I know she does courses I've heard her talk about it before but something about when she said it I was like this is investing in yourself like I I think this may be the time because my money blocks are really like really strong I'm feeling so much resistance towards money and it's really again that's what's holding me back right and I didn't want to feel that fear anymore and I had taken steps but I could still I was getting that that anxiety where you wake up in the middle of the night and you're just afraid and I was having nightmares that like horrific nightmares I haven't had in years and that waking up with anxiety again it's been a while since I had that and maybe a little bout of depression I think I think that did have something to do with it as well but or that they you know one caused the other vicious cycle but I chose to spend the money on the course because when she said it, even she said it's $55. And I was like, $55 is nothing. They charge hundreds of dollars for these courses. And again, I don't have a stake in this. So I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to sell you anything, but if you've listened to the previous episodes, I feel like even as I'm talking now that things feel different. And I literally finished the course. It took me, I don't know, like 30 minutes or something. It might've been 45 minutes, but you read this thing and then she takes you through a couple of audios and that was it. So it really was the easiest part of my day. But as soon as I finished, I came in here to record. So this is the first time I'm even like realizing the effects that this course I think really had on me. So um, if you want to go do that, the link, she go, you can go to manifestationbabe.com and it's only this price, I think, I want to say for the rest of January, but $55 and she walks you through like what this block looks like and kind of releasing these, um, these thought processes, but investing in myself in general has been a good idea. So even before this manifestation, babe, and I'll keep y'all updated on the long-term effects of that as well, but even before that, I used that term. I heard it on an interview. I think it was Jay Shetty's interview with Selena Gomez. And she said that her mom always used to tell her, if you're afraid of something, learn about it. So that's what I said, like stocks, investing, I'm going to learn about it. And I did. And once I really started learning about it, I talked to my friend Connor and he's the one who I told you was helping me. When I talked to him, he was walking me through and he could tell the difference, I think, in the conversation based on what I knew last time versus what I knew this time. And the only way I knew was because Nate Ortiz in that podcast, I can't remember, I, maybe I can find the link for it um, and put it in the show notes, but his, I can't remember the name of the episode, but it was one of his clients who worked at like Goldman Sachs was walking through um, each term basically and defining it like if it was a dictionary and he's walking me through it and I'm like okay something about the way he is explaining this I get it so when I had that conversation with Connor we talked about it, we talked about investing and where to uh, diversify and you know all these things and retirement and basically just planning for the future because people who are in survival mode and don't know how they're going to put the next meal on the table like you're not thinking about the future you know you're thinking about right now and probably the past honestly but once I started facing these things and it didn't, it was a lot, right? It was a lot, there was a lot of things that I had to face. And that was um, submitting paperwork and doing things, getting through like red tape, calling people, all of the things that I hate, especially as an autistic person, all of the things that I hate, like calling and doing something once is hard enough, but the thought of having to do it twice. So like 
my insurance, my health insurance that I got through Obamacare because my ex-husband, we lost our insurance, right? And that was a nightmare that terrified me because God, in America, we don't have free health care. <laughs> and that's been its own journey for me to deal with. But that's beside the fact. The health care thing came in and I was like, I'm going to have to call and reach out and do these things. And I don't want to do it. And I got to get paperwork. And I finally did it. It gave me so much anxiety. I called this man. His name is George Hartsman. And George, you have my heart. And I set everything up and then it was done. And then they emailed me again. And every other day I was getting text or emails or whatever with all bold letters that said, you know, um, like due date, something due, due soon. And all these, you know, and it was just overwhelming, like deadline coming soon. You have one more day to do this. You've got some minutes paperwork. And I was like, what if I don't have the paperwork? I tried to log in and it wouldn't. So I had to call repeatedly because you know how it is to get anything done with like networks or customer service. So I had to call. Actually, they were really nice but it ended up working out, but I had to do it like three or four times. And I was like, this fucking sucks. And I could feel myself getting paralyzed and that helpless feeling that also not just depression, but also autistic burnout, that helpless feeling that comes with the burnout that comes from you being expected to do things that you feel like are outside of your realm of capabilities so like I feel like y'all are expecting so much from me and it feels like too much like it feels like too much and it's that like paralysis of feeling like you can't go forward because it was too overwhelming so I did shut down I'm not saying that the whole time I was gone from recording that it was just like inspiration would hit and then I would you know well whatever no like I was in the trenches and I I did start studying masterclass, but that became this obsessive thing about I needed to do every day, like all day, every day. If I'm not learning, I'm a failure, you know? So I had to reel that back in. And the 30 days of yoga, talking about the 30 days of yoga, the thing that I remember the most was that when the 30 days were over, I was like, let's go for 60. Like what's stopping me from doing round two? And I caught myself in that pattern of like, it's never going to be enough. You know, like you've got to fucking chill and you've got to stop being so goal oriented. Like goals are such a good thing to keep you driven, but it's like everything became this competition and this goal that I had to get done. And if I failed, then I was a failure, right? Like if I couldn't do it, if I couldn't live up to these insane expectations that no one but myself had set right then I was a failure and it's funny because that was actually one of the things I wanted to talk about that I learned in this master class from Sarah Blakely she is the inventor of Spain and I've listened to an interview or two with her before so I'd heard a couple of things but one of the things that she talked about was practicing failure and how her dad used to sit down they would sit down around the table for family dinner and her dad would say, what did you guys fail at this week? And she said that if her, I think it was her and her brother, if they didn't have anything that he would be like disappointed, you know, that you didn't have anything, like you didn't fail at anything. That means you weren't trying. That means you weren't trying something new or something scary or expanding or growing, right? Like, and that is hard for me because I love to learn, but to do things is scary for me because what if I fail 
So I kind of worked on that too, of putting things out, like writing, for instance, I started trying to write every day. And of course that's been, its <laughs> that's been its own journey. And it, it got to me and I sat down to write this morning and realized that I had kind of, it had been a couple of days since I had tried to write and that I wasn't doing it as much as I, you know, quote, should have been. And I noticed it being basically a resistance to bad writing that like I, I I did try to sit down and write every day and then when I sat down and wrote every day it wasn't always good and that upset me because I was like what the fuck usually when I write it's fantastic but that's because I'm only sitting down to write when I you know when inspiration is hitting me and when I feel something I sit down and I would just let it flow through me and I can't remember who it was talking on the master class about how like of course you can write something beautiful if the only time you write is you know when inspiration hits and that might be once a month or you know once a year or whatever it is like yes of course you can write beautiful things but part of writing is writing shitty things and that was hard for me like even this morning I was writing and I just kept writing I kept writing and I had the idea yesterday because I started thinking about like how my podcast how I was going to come back and what I wanted to talk about what it needed to look like and that stressed me out even more so that was that resistant feeling to or that resistance to publishing something was this idea that I had to have this big thing to talk about you know I had to have this big topic or that I had to do this update and apologize for being gone or have a good excuse for why I was gone and come back because like the longer I went without recording the bigger the pressure to put something good out right it's like you've been gone a long time you better come back with something fire you know, and I had all these different ideas and I researched a couple of things, but I was like, this doesn't feel natural and it didn't feel natural. And I kept coming, hitting against the wall. So yesterday I had the idea that I was like, maybe I'll write, I'll journal something because I was, you know, I kept saying, I don't feel like I have anything important to say. So I'll come to the table and not just ramble about what's going on in my life. That's what it felt like. Instead of doing that, I'll, you know, I'll journal something. So I sat down and I started writing and it sucked. Like it sucked. It was nothing good. There's nothing good. And I had something really good that I typed up in a day of inspiration and I lost it on my computer. And that was incredibly disheartening. And then I wrote about how the things that we lose are probably only so good because we lost them. You know what I mean? Like I, the, the thing probably wasn't as good as I thought it was, but I just love it so much more now because it's gone forever. And that's a pattern in my life. Like, oh my God, I've just really been looking at the mindset and the patterns of thought that are getting me stuck. Does that make sense? So that's one of the things. And practicing failure and basically like failure exposure therapy posting on tiktok has been something i've been doing is like posting on tiktok i made another tiktok about uh bravo it was about a show and i put that out and but other than that on my other tiktok my personal tiktok that i started um the dolly bradshaw at the dolly bradshaw I was posting things and not getting a lot of views. And then one of the things I posted, I thought I was going to get a ton of views because this is a really personal story that I'm sharing. And I guess something was something I said was censored because then I didn't, I was shadow banned. And that, like, I know that that's a trigger for me. I cannot fucking stand being silenced on a social platform, bitch nothing makes me more angry just silence in general that's what it feels like is me trying me having something important to say and some unknown thing 
in an algorithm is like, nope, nope. And just like putting his hand over my mouth. That's what it felt like. So then I'm mad. I'm like, well, then what's the fucking point? Like, why do I need to keep trying? If none of this shit's going to take off, why do I need to keep trying? Why do I need to keep posting TikToks? If obviously no one cares what I have to say. And then that starts the cycle of, you know, what you have to say isn't important. So why are you going to record a podcast? You go into your closet and tell people things, but what does it even matter? Like that's the voice that just kept coming in my head, that that devil inside my head that was telling me nothing you say is important. It doesn't make a difference anyway. Why are you trying? And that kind of like learned helplessness seeped back into me of you're right. What is the point? What is the point? I keep doing this for no reason. Um, What's the point? And I had to reevaluate my why. Like I had to check back in with my why I was doing it because it needed to be bigger than why I wasn't doing it. And I remember this drive to work that I had where I was just kind of contemplating as I do. (laughs) And the conversation that came up was, you know, deciding whether you should move forward or like, is this enough basically? And it was like I was having this conversation with someone and they said, you know, you can do this for the rest of your life. If you're happy here, like if you found happiness and you really can settle down, if you, if this job really is enough for you, if this life really is enough for you, then you can stay here. You don't have to keep going. You don't have to push through. If, and the word wasn't mediocre, I wish I could remember what the word was, but it was like, if this I want to, I'll just say mediocre life for lack of a better word. If this mediocre life is enough for you, then you just have to be okay with that. Like then that's okay. Okay. So then stop chasing the dream because you're going to be sad often, right? That it's going to hurt. It is going to be difficult and you can choose the easy route and there is no shame in that. You can go that route. You can stay in the state that you are and be fine but it'll be mediocre and if you're not okay with that we can go this way but it's gonna be harder so you choose like you can take the easy way or the hard way the harder the harder way has different results and I was like I like I can't do it I can't stay here I can't stay here I don't know what it is that pulls me forward to this future that I don't know you know and that's the scary part. And that's what I kept telling my friends. It's like, I'm getting discouraged because there is no guarantee that there is something on the other side. And I read this book. Oh my God, it was fucking fantastic. It might be one of my favorite books. It, it might be one of my favorite books of all time. And it was called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. And there was a part in the book, and I won't give anything away. This doesn't spoil anything, but there's part in the book what she was talking about basically sailing to America and how she didn't know if there was a land across the ocean. She was like, I really started to doubt that anything even existed past the ocean. But then we pulled up on Ellis Island. You know what I'm saying? Like then we rolled up and we saw land and that feeling of like, fuck, I've been out in the ocean and I've been brave, right? But the ocean is not small. Like it didn't, it wasn't a short journey of me being brave. I had to keep being brave. And then 
it also felt like I'm the captain on the ship and all of these people are counting on me to get them someplace. And I don't know where that comes from either. That's self-imposed, but thinking that there's all these people that I'm responsible for and it's like, you need to get them to the place. And if, if they are losing faith that America, in this example, they're losing faith that America exists, then they look to you. And if I look to my captain and I'm like, yo, I don't really know if this place exists. And my captain's like, I don't really know either. I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? You're the one person who's supposed to fucking know, or at least pretend to know, you know, or like, give me a little bit of faith. But I felt like that. I felt like I was the one who was like, quote unquote, in charge. And then I'm looking around me like, I need someone to tell me that I'm doing the right thing, that this has a purpose. One of my friends, I need my friends to validate me because it feels like I should give up. So maybe if I talk to them and tell them like, hey, it feels like I need to give up. They'll tell me like, no, 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 you need to keep pushing. Some of them are like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm feeling like I need to give up on my dream too. Like maybe we just need to take the stable route. And I was like, no, no, I won't fucking do it. Like, yeah, I could take the easy way, but the end of the road, I don't like that one. I know how that, I do know how that road ends. I know how easy street ends and I don't like it so I need to just suck it up and kind of getting out of that that victim mentality of you know you chose this you wanted the end you wanted the treasure chest at the end of the road and you chose the hard road so stop fucking bitching about it like if you're gonna complain about it the whole time then go take the easy way you know and kind of getting out of that mentality and it was hard like it's not fun and I actually had this really good conversation with my mom. We talked about, <laughs> it started with a fight, to be honest, but it ended in a conversation where we were talking about, you know, how she parented me, essentially. And I was telling her that, you know, me and my sister are two different people. And I know that the life that you want me to have is the life my sister has. And I know you think that that is happiness, but I'm not that person. And it's never going to make me happy. And I need you to stop trying to get me to go on it because it's not like it's hard enough for me to be out here chasing my dreams without you constantly reminding me that there's an easier way to exist, right? Because we've already established, I don't like what happens at the end of Easy Street. So we talked about it and, you know, she's, she had a conversation. I can't remember exactly what she said. Um, and I don't really want to share it because it was kind of like an intimate groundbreaking conversation with us but in general it was her saying like I think a lot of what I see in you is what I wish I had like I was always too afraid to live this way and to do the things that you do and I think part of me always wished that I could have done it and I didn't and I get emotional even like thinking about it now because that like that's what I don't want. I keep hearing people tell the stories about like when you are dying, when you're on your deathbed, the worst feeling is to look back and think like I should have done things differently. And I don't want to do that because I've had that regret. I've had that feeling short term in non-dire situations, you know, not life or death situations, just in everyday life. My guilt and regret that I felt for a lot of things I was like, I can't handle that on such a mass scale. You know, like I just don't, I know that I couldn't handle it. That would be my worst nightmare. So I need to just keep 
pushing forward and doing things that scare me. And, you know, I remember my mom said something about me being fearless. And I was like, I am not fearless. Like, I'm terrified to do anything. I was like, I'm too afraid to go to the mailbox. What are you talking about? Like, everything gives me anxiety. Checking my bank account gives me anxiety. What are you talking about? And she said, going to New York was fearless. And I said, going to New York was, I was terrified of going to New York. Like, terrified. The only thing, and I have a whole episode about it if you haven't listened, the only thing that got me through New York was to not look more than one step ahead of me. And that felt dangerous in theory. Like I would tell myself that is risky and dumb. You need to be looking way ahead of one step at a time, but I'm telling you that was all I could do. And my friend, Jenny, who set up the trip, um, the event that I went for, we talked about it and she said, you know, I was talking about my fear of flying and my fear of doing this and that. And there's too many things. And she said, when you get to the airport, walk up to someone and ask them what to do, go to that place. And then when you get there, ask the next person what to do. And when she said it, I was like, sounds like a plan to me. Like, that's what I'll do. I'll just have to get really good at asking for help, which is really hard for me. But once I did it, I realized like, first of all, that's their job. So they usually don't have a problem doing it. And second, if they do have a problem doing it, it doesn't fucking matter because it's over in a minute. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you mildly inconvenience someone and they can be as upset as they want to be about it. But if you need help, go ask for help because then it's over. And they usually don't mind, right? That's an overwhelming experience that I had when I walked up to people. I was like, yo, I don't know what to do. When I got off the plane in New York, I walked up to the guy, the first guy that I saw, because I know I had no idea what to do. I've never used, I've never ridden a public bus I never, obviously never fucking, I've never even seen a subway. So like, I know how any of that worked. So like, I knew nothing. And I walked up to the guy and told him that like, Hey, I don't know. I don't know anything. And he took my phone. was like, no problem. Took my phone, set it up for me and was like, here, just follow it. And it took, and I took it one step at a time. I didn't look when I was getting onto the bus. I didn't look at the subway. I didn't look at my next step. It was make it to this point, And then you get there and you're like, all right, now what? And then you go to the next stop, make it to this point. It's that kind of moving one step ahead and not looking at even two steps ahead because it gets to be too much. Like you have to take it one step at a time. And in doing that, like it seems fearless, but it's not. And it's easier to be brave one step at a time. <laughs> Does that make sense? It's easier to be brave one thing at a time. So if I started thinking I need to raise my credit score, invest, um, get life insurance, get health insurance, get um, a budget drawn up, call the insurance company and get these fees taken away, call the, like, no, 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 no. Even thinking about it now, and by the way, all that stuff's already done and it gave me anxiety to think of it in a list like that. Like all of those tasks felt overwhelming. So just take it one day at a time. Like you can't do anything more than you can do. So I did one at a time because doing two at a time was too much. And if I did the one thing and then I had extra energy, it was like, all right, well, I'll do this. But like, I gave myself really, really low attainable daily goals rather than I'm going to write a script that wins an Emmy. (laughs) It was, I'm going to sit down and just write, even if it's shitty, because honestly, that sounds harder. Truly. That sounds harder to sit down and write shitty stuff for 20 minutes a day 
is just so <laughs> discouraging for a perfectionist Virgo like myself. Like it was just, it's, it's just too much, but I started practicing failing and I started surrounding myself with things that made me feel better and not leaning into that fear because a lot of that's a lot of what the last especially the last like probably two weeks were we're just leaning into that fear because it felt familiar it didn't feel good but it felt familiar it was like oh yeah this is this is normal like I'm supposed to be stressed about money I'm supposed to have anxiety I'm supposed to have stomach issues because I'm so anxious you know like supposed to wake up in the middle of the night in a sweat uh panicking not being able to sleep like doom scrolling thinking about the future of America like all this it just gets to be too overwhelming, you know? So, and I was having a lot of dreams. I started talking about America. I was having a lot of dreams about like bombing and shit. And then I just went on this tangent the other day about like, well, anyway, I don't want to go. <laughs> I'm just sending everyone else into a spiral. But when I was telling my friend about it, she was kind of going down that rabbit hole with me and I could feel us going down it together. And it's like, this feels good in a way in that kind of like sick, perverse way of like, you want to suffer because it feels easier and more natural to suffer. So let me think about the things that make me suffer. Let me think about the future of the country. Let me think about politics and Google news. Like I was looking at the news because I was like, something's got to be wrong in America right now. I can feel it. Something is up. Let me Google current events. And I did at like three o'clock in the morning. I was just Googling current events. Like, what are you? doing and then you know what I did after that because I said I'm responsible for the information that is going into my mind and why am I doing this why am I up at three o'clock in the morning leaning into the fear and I googled good news and I found a website and it just had article after article now keep in mind this was still four o'clock in the morning right but it was because I was trying to like calm myself down and I had to kind of take control of it and like whoa 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 relax for a second okay you know and just kind of remembering that everyone throughout history and I'm not saying that shit ain't going down right but everyone throughout history has thought you know like Cuban Missile Crisis for example like we all thought that the world was going to end in some point you know 9-11 like all these things it's just the first time that I've been the adult that's having to handle it and thinking about having to be like the parent to a child that really scared me thinking about like making decisions that were in my child's best interest, you know? And it all felt, like I said, it all felt like life or death. It felt like doom or gloom, which was a big red flag for the depression that had snuck back in. But it was just all these thoughts of like, what if, what if these terrible things happen? And then I diverted my attention back and it's because I listened to a Wayne Dyer YouTube video and it pulled me back in like, duh, we're in control of all of this. Like, I am the creator of my destiny. I am the creator of my story. And what, where, where my focus goes, my energy flows. So obviously all these bad things, and really it wasn't even that all these bad things were happening. I was just really expecting them to, you know, and I was having anxiety and it didn't make sense because I was looking around and I would check back in like, all right, let's check into the physical reality right now. Are all of your bills paid? Yes. My bills were paid and I had more money in my account than I had had in probably years despite spending the $200 on the masterclass and the this and the that and whatever, like logistically I was looking at and I was like, it doesn't make any sense. And I think that's why my brain wanted to make sense of it was like the, the way for my subconscious or my ego really to sneak in and sabotage it was to say, 
yeah, remember though you thought that you had fixed this one time and it didn't, it all fell apart. Remember, this is just the first part of that. This is just the part where things get really good and they're going to get really bad. Don't worry, like it's coming, you know? And that's what that story in my brain was telling me that I was just like one shift, one inch away from something bad happening. And I diverted my attention back to the idea that if that reality is possible, because light cannot exist without dark, right? Dark cannot exist without light. The shadow exists because of the light. If the bad things can happen, that means the good things can happen too. And what if I just start assuming, even if it's equal parts, that it won't work out? What if you equally assume that it will work out? And that seems so basic and like obvious, but I, I had to do it. Like I had to focus and channel my energy on, even if I'm tired, even if I don't feel my best, even if things don't look like they're working out, what if they are working out for my best? And that was honestly a download that I got in a meditation was I just kept hearing it repeated over and over and over and over again. Even when things don't feel like they're working out, they're working out for my best even when it doesn't look like it. Things are working out for my best, even when it doesn't look like it. And that's what I kept saying was like, okay, it might not look like it, but what if they are? Like, what if? Just what, allow yourself to think, what if really everything is working out for me right now? And this is just what it looks like when things work out for me. What would that mean? How would that feel? And I started doing it and it's, I mean, obviously it's kind of scary. And we what to do with that fear, like that it's not going to go away. The fear is not going to go away. You just thank it for showing up and trying to protect you. Because again, that's just your ego trying to protect you. And it's bringing things to the surface for you so that you can look at them. Just like the fear of money, like the fear of budgeting, all that brought to surface my budgeting issues, my money issues, my money trauma, the limiting beliefs that I had. And I just worked through them, you know, in that uh, manifestation babe class, when I was working through them, I, she brought up, you know, think of a couple of times when you felt negative feelings towards money. So they're kind of fresh in my mind and like thinking about those things gives you a, a sense of comfort because it's like, yeah, this is familiar. This is what I know to be true, but if they come to the surface and you allow them to just be released, and that's what this class did, like she she released a lot of stuff, is to just let it go and know that like it happened, there's nothing you can do about it now, and that's okay, because we're here, right? We're here, and we can take one step a day don't even think of more than one step start with one step a day one step make a list of things you need to do and do one a day even if there's 25 things and it's going to take you 25 days let it because if you start making a list that's too long and not completing it you feel like a failure and then you shame yourself and then it's harder to pull yourself out of it it's just digging a deeper hole so give yourself grace. And that's what I had to do. Like I had to, again, like I said, I had to lean into winter because that's what I realized. I was like, this is definitely a winter, right? A seasonal, like a, an emotional season of winter when things are 
it's time to hibernate. Like you eat and sleep and then you go back to sleep <laughs> and then you, you know, like that's it. Like you just eat and sleep and do the thing. And then, and that's what I did. And I, I focused on keeping myself healthy and trying to move when I could and not feeling ashamed or guilty when I couldn't today, I've got an injury that I'm hoping will be fine by tomorrow. I just tweaked my knee a little bit, but, um, I could push through and I had that conversation with myself this morning when I woke up was like, you know, do some yoga or do some, go to the gym, just do something light. But like, why, why would I risk that when I could just sit, ice my knee, take some medicine, and then I'll be good for tomorrow. Cause like, why would I push myself? What do I have to prove? You know what I'm saying? What, what do I have to prove? It's not a failure to be injured. <laughs> It's just not, and, and noticing these feelings when they come up and kind of not dismissing them, but noticing them and then being completely neutral about it to say, okay, interesting. Like it's weird, or I guess I shouldn't say weird because some people think that's like a neg negative connotation, but see, it's interesting. Like, it's interesting that you would think that an injury makes you worthless. Interesting. <laughs> like what an interesting thought. And make it as if you were a scientist, like just taking notes, observations, neutral. Doesn't matter. You have no skin in the race of whatever the scientific process is, right? You're just taking notes. Like, oh, whatever. He thinks it's, she thinks she's worthless when she's injured. I don't know. You know, like she gets anxiety going to the mailbox. I don't know, weird, but whatever, you know? Um, and just kind of adopting that and observing and it works itself out. It, it, it will work itself out if you take the conscious effort, but just taking care of your body first, you know, making sure that you're getting food in your system um, will kind of start a good chain reaction and maybe going for a walk every day or doing the things that will make you feel good. Do something five minutes a day, checking one thing off your list today, whatever it is, it could be anything. Facing the issue was one of the biggest things for me. Like I said, with the numbers, the budget, like the spending isn't the issue. I don't spend money frivolously. I don't have a shopping issue. You know, it doesn't, I buy groceries and I pay my bills and that's really it. Um, and, and that's fine. Like it's, you know, it's fine, but that being said is like the issue the reason I say that is because the issue wasn't the spinning the issue was looking at the numbers and like noticing why are you afraid to look at it because you're afraid you won't like what you see because you're afraid that something bad is going to happen like what is it and just notice it and ask yourself so it could be with anything maybe a budget is where you start maybe you download that maybe that's the first thing today is to download the app or to write you don't have to have an app you can make a list the app helped me because it's like whatever makes it the easiest is the way I'm going to do it but you can make a list I drew up a list first and kind of estimated you know this is what I need this is how many days I work this is how much money I need to make a day this is how much I can spend a day and just not getting overwhelmed by the potential but again kind of checking in with the why like why are you doing it what is your goal what are you either running toward or running away from and Figure out if you want to take easy street or not. Because again, there's nothing fucking wrong with it. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with a stable life and living in a nice house with a nice family and a white picket fence. Fuck, some people love that shit. Doing the same thing every day. Some people love that. 
Um, and it's not any worse or better than me. It's just different from what I want to do and what my goals are and what my dreams are. Um, so like just deciding with, there is no wrong answer. There's no wrong choice. It's just how bad do you want to be there? Or how badly do you not want to be here? <laughs> so I'm really glad that um, I sat down to record this actually, and really pushing through the fear of um, recording and the idea that like you've been away from something, because I get the pressure of, you know, let's say you work out for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, and then you fall off for a couple of weeks. It's really hard to face going back because for some reason it feels easier to just avoid it. It feels less like a failure if you just kind of quit altogether rather than like to go back and have to face the fact that you stop like that's really annoying. And it's easier to make excuses of like, well, I would go back and do that, but see, I got to work and I would, but just like, when would I have the time, you know, and then you can make these rationalizations, which is what I was doing. Like I can rationalize anything. Uh, until I couldn't and then my brain was like yeah I can't there's no excuse and I don't really know how to handle that so I'm kind of just gonna sit here <laughs> until I'm okay with what's happening and so you kind of just have to do it sometimes even when it doesn't feel like it so deciding when to listen to that voice that says you know it's time to rest it's winter you need to stop. This is not working. You need to just learn and listen. Take some time to learn and listen because that's what I need to do. I felt like I didn't have anything to teach and it was time for me to learn. Like I had reached the limit of my expertise. I was like, well, now I don't fucking know. I don't even know what's up and what's down. So pulling back and knowing when not to act um, and when not to speak. And this is just my best advice that I can give you just from the last two months of me doing it I can tell you it works investing in yourself is always a good idea always always so if you feel led to take a class or to do something to invest in yourself your future building a financial plan whatever it is this is your sign to do it and I'm here and I love you and support you and I guess that's all I really want to say. And thank you for listening, for still tuning in. And you guys are amazing. And I'll talk to you all later. <laughs> Bye.